BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. When the going gets tough, Kevin Durant gets going. An impressive, vital win for the Phoenix Suns as on a Sunday afternoon, they defeat the Dallas Mavericks. Matthew, we've won a, sen- a Sunday afternoon game, goddammit. Has it been a while since we have? I don't I, know. It that feels stat. like it. It feels like oh, okay. it. I don't know what the actual statistic is, but it feels like it's been a long time on one of these ABC nationally televised games where the Phoenix Suns actually win one. Dude, it's great day. I mean, I, I love these day games. Again, Hubie Brown last weekend was there. Now he's here again. And he gets to watch Devin and Book, Devin Booker and Luka Doncic almost kissing. I love the drama. I love it. <laughs> you know, it's going to continue to the playoffs, and it started out hot and heavy already with with this between these two teams. Well, it was a physical game. It was, as you mentioned, one with a lot of words exchanged, a lot of history already between these teams. Obviously, given what's happened between both of them in the last postseason, Suns fans don't yeah. forget. Mavericks fans don't forget. Mavericks subreddit doesn't forget. And ultimately, it it feels ever so nice to have the Phoenix Suns walk away with a victory in this one. And, you know, there's so many different storylines that were going on in this game. There's so many different uh, topics of discussion that we'll discuss on this edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. So welcome to everybody who's hanging out with us on a Sunday afternoon or if you're listening to this Monday, Tuesday. Maybe you're listening to this on Friday. I don't know. Maybe you've just had a very busy week and you were traveling and the kids have been crying. And every time you FaceTime them, you're like, listen, I just want to I just want to listen to the Suns Jam Session podcast, but I'll talk to you kids. No, whenever you're listening or <laughs> watching this, we appreciate it. We really do. This was a fun game. Uh, I don't even know. We, would you say that it was a fun game to watch? No. To tell you the truth, these games and every playoff game in the future is going to be a pain in the ass. Don't ever ask me how I'm doing during these games. Um, and Ken Kenny did. I'm just joking. Because it, it's it's hard to watch. But then when KD's on your team bringing the ball up, it's a lot easier to watch. And it makes it you know, a little bit more um, – I, I, I guess I could deal with it. I guess I could deal with these wins in the end. But during the game, it's oh, my butthole is clenched. It's Very torture. Tight. It's torture. And I feel bad to anybody who's texting me during games like i'm sorry i'm just like I, I, you get one word answers from john during yeah. games like this <laughs> win or lose i'm just like you watching the game yep what do you think <laughs> good katie's really good yep <laughs> like you just get yep. the one word answers like, oh yeah you're, he's good you're not gonna get you're not gonna get much more so plenty to talk about on this edition of the sun's jam session podcast again thank you for joining us make sure you subscribe rate review you can follow me at darth Foyda. you can follow him at matthew lissy you can follow the show at sun's jam and you can read my writing at brightsideofthesun.com Let's go ahead and pop open some Diet Dr. Pepper on this Sunday afternoon. Oh, Diet, I got some coffee. Ooh, you still got chores uh, to do today, huh? 
a little bit. We'll see. Yeah, me too. That laundry. We'll see if my mom let me in that. Just let me off the hook. <laughs> laundry don't do itself. So let's pop them and let's see if we can uh, start this off right with the intro this time. Cheers. <laughs> It was 130 for the Phoenix Suns. It was 126 for the Dallas Mavericks. This win improves the Phoenix Suns record to 36 and 29, and it drops the Dallas Mavericks record to 33 and 32, which is important because had they won this game, they would have been a game behind Phoenix for that four seed. So a very important game. But it brings me to my first question. Matthew, I got to ask. Matthew, I got to ask, could your heart take a seven-game series between these two teams? <laughs> um, it's and tough. Your, and your butthole. In my butthole? I don't know, man. Maybe another colonoscopy will help. Uh, that does another make your butthole apart, so don't do that. Um, so, <laughs> you know what? Great start. I don't, I'm looking forward to it. I am. Just because of the way last year, the way it finished, but... The only reason I would hate it is because you just can't lose to this team again in the playoffs, right? You can't do it because the way that Booker is kind of held up by the media, some guy that complains with uh, uh, complains too much and talks too much shit maybe uh, against Luka Doncic, and Luka always has the upper hand. For that reason, you just want to always beat this team. I'm looking forward to it because it's going to happen. The team that you want to avoid in the playoffs always ends up there. This is a team that I definitely want to avoid, right? You don't want to play them in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, I think we have a better team. I think that's apparent. And you take a look at this game, and a lot of there's a lot of pull and push in this game that ultimately led to a victory for the Phoenix Suns. And you look at some of the pull, if you will. Luka Doncic didn't have a great game relative to how he shot from the floor. You know, ultimately he ended with 34 points, but he was eight of 23. It took him 23 shots, but he had to go 17 of 19 from the line to get there, right? So an off game by Luca, but then you have like Tim Hardaway Jr. being that guy coming off the bench that kept him in the game. Because if Tim Hardaway Jr. doesn't come in and go seven of seven from beyond the arc in this game, this is a blowout by halftime. And it becomes a very different ball game. So if if you were to ask me the same question that I asked you, if could I stand, could my heart stand a, another seven-game series against Dallas, I could because I think that we do have the better team. I do think that despite what some of the Redditors on the subreddit said uh, and what some of the national media pundits have stated, I do believe we have a deep enough team to beat a team like this. So I think the only thing that would be frustrating would be for all the reasons that it was frustrating watching Dallas last year. It's frustrating every time you watch Dallas. And it is that Luka Doncic is highly un- watchable basketball he just barrels into people he knocks them over he gets the foul calls on him every time that's the game good bad and different that's the game but it's different when you see like Kyrie Irving out there and you're like oh basketball isn't that beautiful you see KD you see Booker you know and then you see Luke and you're just like Ugh, slug it up buddy slug it up yeah yeah well that's his game and that's how the Mavericks it play it's like if you're gonna beat the Mavericks most of the time you just have to make your threes because if the Mavericks are going to beat you, it's when they hit their threes and they get the mm-hmm. calls. It always comes mm-hmm. down to those two things. So if the Suns can match that, which 
they usually they usually can. I mean the I mean last year was very hard to match them shooting wise in the game seven, but right now the Suns have the shooters. It's just about going having those go down. You know, towards the end of the third quarter, it was huge when ish, and then finally Craig hits a three to kind of end that quarter, and they get the lead going in the fourth. Mm-hmm. That was big because if that doesn't happen, I don't know if the Suns even win this game. I know we can say the Suns are a better team because I guess if you were to rank these four players, Luca, Kyrie, Booker, and uh, KD. I guess they're top 10, four of the top 10 players right now in the league playing against Ooh. each other, right? I mean, if Kyrie's playing like he is, he's the mm-hmm. best point guard in the league, right? Him and him and Luke are like the best points, I would say. And then you have Booker, the best the shooting guard, and then Kevin Durant's like the best player in the game. So it's like top four versus each other. It's crazy. Well, it's the, crazy the, only, the only pushback I'd have there is I think Giannis is better than, than KD, but – they're right there, right? Yeah, yeah. They, they, they're right there, right? It, the it'd be interesting to really dissect and delve into that statement because I would say they're at least – they're definitely four of the top 15 players are going at each other in this game. And all of them ended up with over 30 points, right? Yeah, Kyrie Irving yep. got to yeah. 30. Yes. Luka Doncic had 34. De- Kevin Durant had 37. Devin Booker Jeez. had 36. Like, it's just crazy. That's, yeah, it's good 17, basketball, too. 17 shots only, too, for KD. Oh, yeah. We'll definitely go on to yeah. KD. I mean, he is, he is fantastic in this one. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, not yet. Uh, the other side of this is you have to look at, you know, again, when I talk about some of the push and pull, is not all the Suns were firing on all cylinders and we still won this game, right? I mean, Josh Akogi ends up going 0 of 8 <laughs> from beyond the arc, and he was wide open the entire game the entire game and that brings me to you know my my first drop of of the podcast isn't for josh akogi because i still don't have oh, dang i was like is it done no no i actually like deleted it's it right. and i have to like refind it and I'm i like the like, suspense you know every pod but, but but we'll do this one ever since i've been here we talked about everything you want is on the other side of hard this is hard monty monty williams coach of the phoenix sun I want to give a shout out to Monty Williams and the way that he coached this game, because obviously the integration of Kevin Durant is going to take some time and there's going to be some players who benefit. There's going to be some players who don't benefit. And unfortunately, like DeAndre Ayton is a guy who's not going to benefit on this on the offensive end. We, we saw that tonight and we've seen that the last couple of games. And, and we'll talk about that a little bit when we go into eight and watch. But when you talk about Monty Williams, he recognized that Josh Kogi was just not getting it done. I mean, because Josh Kogi is one of those guys who is going to get a lot of benefit from the, the the design of this offense. But he was 3 of 13 from the field, had a total of 9 points through the first three quarters. He got 11 seconds of playing time in that fourth quarter. And Monty Williams pulled the trigger and said, you know what, Ish Wainwright, you're playing the entire fourth. Ish Wainwright was absolutely huge in this game because he hit the threes that – are going to be there for any player on this team. And Josh Okogie had eight shots at it tonight and couldn't get it done, and that's okay. I'm not going to dog Josh Okogie for continuing to shoot. You know, these kinds of games are going to happen for him uh, in in terms of shooting variance, right? Like, he's going to have these games where he's going to play fantastic like he did the past couple games. And then you just got to kind of – you have to respect the fact that he's not shying away from shooting and he's not losing confidence. But kudos to Monty Williams for saying, hey, listen, Josh – Although you do bring some effectiveness defensively, and again, the only 11 seconds he played, he, he's the one who kind of took the last charge against Luka Doncic that didn't get called and started a fight afterwards with Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. But I like that Monty Williams put an ish in and rode the hot hand because tonight the hot hand was Ish Wainwright. 
Yeah, isn't that crazy to switch over to that? And I think towards the end of the third, when he made those two, it's like, all right, well, you kept us in the game. Like, you're going to get some minutes. We all know Monty and Flex even said they love Ish. Um, yes. We always questioned whether he was going to stay on the team or not when his deal was up. And we doubted it because he played so bad towards the end. But you can see how crucial it is where his size and his three-point making comes and big parts of the game. Um, Okogi, it's funny, when he's 0 for 8 and he's still missing, I'm laughing to myself. Usually I give these guys, I'm like, fucking stop shooting the three. Like, I get upset, <laughs> right? Pass the ball. Okogi, for some reason, because like Hubie Brown was saying, like he just does so much. Yeah, he's 0 for 8, which is terrible from three. But it reminds me a little bit of kind of like when um, Jay Crowder used to go one for nine or yeah. 0 for eight himself. But we still loved everything else he did on the yes. court. That's the way Okogi plays where he can miss these shots. And I'll laugh to myself, be like, it's okay because he's just amazing everywhere else. He's picking the I, pocket of Kyrie Irving, right? Yeah, exactly, man. So I don't know. I think what he's doing right now with his Dallas team or what he did today with um, Luca and Kyrie having to deal with that, he did a fucking great job. I think he is one of the best defenders right now the best defender for the Suns. Uh-huh. I even put in my notes, his defense on Luka and Kyrie, better than Mikhail. I'm going to say he's better than Mikhail just for the reason I think he has better upper body strength where he yes. can hang with these guys. He can hold them in their place. There were fouls called against him, but he does such a good job to avoid as much as he can in a lot of situations. He's a good flopper. He'll get his face and they'll be like, oh, I got hit in the face. You need those guys in your team. Yeah. Um, his defense – Right now, um, it's better than what Mikhail was this year. I'm just going to say that. You guys can hate me, but it is. Well, you're not wrong because Mikhail Bridges, as much as, as he uh, provided consistent defense, he couldn't provide consistent. Like like when we, we saw it last year against the Dallas Mavericks in the playoffs. From a physical standpoint, he can't just take a couple body blows from, from Luka Doncic. And Josh Akogi could in this game. Now, granted, Luka Doncic got to the line at will, but you still have to make him earn getting to the line. And you saw it a lot. He was winded in this game. He was tired to the point where it's like kind of, you know, that last layup opportunity that he had, he missed it. And it was probably because he's just, he's worn down a little bit. And in the seven game series, potentially you can really wear him down by just throwing the Ish Wainwrights of the world at him and the Josh Akogis at the world at him. It's almost like the last dance, right? I don't know if you've watched the last dance and I'm sure many of the jamsters watching and listening perhaps. Have. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I know. We did a whole yeah. podcast series on it during the pandemic. <laughs> Everyone did. <laughs> yeah, every pod. We had like Flex from Jersey on. We're like, hey, man, what do you think of episode five? You know, just sat there talking about, about it for that. an hour. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. still out there somewhere. That audio is still out there. You, me, and Flex and other people just talking about the last dance. But if you remember following losing to the Detroit Pistons and Michael Jordan just getting bullied the entire series, he instantly got the whole team and they went to the weight room the next day. And I feel like that's almost what James Jones has done with this team. Is he's like, listen, last year we kind of got bullied. So we're going to go to the weight room, if you will, with the way that we acquire some talent on this team. And that's that's bringing in Josh Akogi. Damian Lee is a more physical type of guard, who so he can play a little bit. We didn't see him much in this game, but he can play some of that physicality uh, or have some of that physicality. And then obviously bringing and holding on to Ish Wainwright fortifies that as well because that's where you don't want – this team to get taken advantage of is physically and being pushed around. You know, one thing that I noticed today is how different Dallas looks without Jalen Brunson, because Jalen Brunson due to his physicality on Chris Paul last season really was a pest. And Kyrie Irving doesn't play that kind of defense, man, as good as, and as great as Kyrie Irving is, he doesn't provide that physical defensive presence. That is something that could wear the suns down eventually in a seven game playoff series. 
No, because you saw even Booker towards the end of the game where he kind of had his way against Kyrie. In the beginning, I thought they were doing a pretty good job at, with Booker just to like put him in bad spots, bad situations to shoot the ball. But then you just kind of see like he, Booker and KD kind of wear this defense down. I mean, I know the, the Mavericks have size. They have length. They really do. Yes. It showed in the first half. It's very difficult for the Suns to do anything. Defensive overall, I don't know their stats. I don't know their efficiency. But right now, I'm just like, if we had to play this team in the playoffs, it's going to take a lot to get through these first three quarters for the Suns to where, you know what, maybe they can wear this team down if the Mavericks aren't making shots or not making their threes. They have nothing else to go to offensively, but the Suns do, right? The Suns can do much more offensively. And I feel like in a series where Doncic is not getting the calls, Kyrie's just not making his crazy shots, crazy threes. Yeah, It's difficult for this Dallas team to do anything else, but the Suns have so much more offensively. That's why you can, towards the end of the game, just wear out this defense. When it gets when it gets tough for a Suns fan to watch when you're down 10 points to the Mavericks in the first half, you're just like, well, just wait, all right? Because they're playing mm-hmm. tough. They're playing physical, like you said. And over time, by the time it's five minutes left in the game, we'll have wide open shots because no one's going to be running over to the corner or guarding Chris Paul from three because they're just tired. Yeah. And I think that was a big part of it. You're running from double to double to double, and somebody's going to be open. And obviously, you have to knock down the shots like the Phoenix Suns did. Because ultimately, it felt like when you – and it typically does when we play the Mavericks – that for some reason, they're a team that turns into five Steph Currys on the floor – Yes. Relative to the three point line. And you take a look at how they played in the first half. And that's exactly what it felt like. They were 10 of 22 from beyond the arc, which is 45.5%. And in the second half, they cooled. They went five for 16, which was 31.2%. And, you know, we talked about this, obviously, when we played this team in the seven game series, you just need to have some of those games where they don't turn into microwaves. And unfortunately for the Suns last season or last, yeah, last season, that's exactly what they did is they turned into microwaves and all of these guys, Dorian Finney-Smith and Spencer Dinwiddie and Reggie Bullock, all these guys just went in fuego from three and the Phoenix Suns couldn't stop it. Now, in this game, the Suns went 12 of 34 from beyond the arc, which is 35%, and they only shot four less threes than the Mavericks, who shot 38, and they only made three less threes than the Mavericks, who made uh, 15. They were only 39%. So as you mentioned, when you play Dallas, there's a, one thing you have to understand. They're always going to give some of it back. They've blown 27-point yes. leads, 18-point leads of, of recent. They're now 2-5 and five with both Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving at the helm. And they're a team, when you go down 10, you can't it, – it, while it's frustrating, it's not like you're playing a team, I don't know, like the Bucks, The Bucks who can just beat you in so many different ways. They, they, the Mavericks have two ways that they could beat you. They beat you on the interior and they beat you with the threes. And if you take away one of the two, you're ultimately going to win the game. Now, don't get me wrong. It's a close game in this one. We only won by four points. It was stressful kind of throughout the, the entire second half. But the Suns scored a total of, what, 71 points in the second half. They had 37 in the third and 34 in the fourth. So, again, to your point of having the ability to wear down the opposition with the way that you – with your superstars being out there and the versatility of your superstars – and not relying on the physicality that Dallas has to rely on is a definite bonus for Phoenix. Yeah, and there's nothing you can do with this team when they're not missing anything. Defensively, I, mean, I know there were times when T.J. Warren was having a hard time keeping up and getting up, giving up threes in the corner, just mm-hmm. not being able to get through screens. And um, you know what? I just think that when Luka is just hanging on every single call, every game, um, every game he's just like, you know, there's no foul. I'm going to complain to the refs on the way down. I don't know how much that takes away from this team because it's every time. 
It's every, every time he does not get a call. Time. Every time he's on the refs. I understand. Well, it's, it's the you hypocrisy. Yeah, and you can complain. It's fine. Suns, we complain, right, all the time. But the way Luca does it, I feel like it just takes his team out of rhythm. I think he gets too much into his own head, and it's just like it's his game to win. He's not getting the calls. He destroys what they're trying to do offensively, which basically is just trying to get off, get off threes. But if he's mentally just on the rest all the time, I feel like he just has a hard time getting back into it. So that's a and big upper hand the Suns have. His team yeah, has a hard time. Yeah, because the team's watching him. They're like, it's all right, ISO come ball. on. Yeah, it's ISO yeah. back down ball. Suns are kind of moving that way too today, where it's a little bit of ISO ball. It's like, it was. like I don't know if I like that too much, but they did get the win. Well, and that's how it about. that's how it always goes, right? <laughs> that's how it always goes <laughs> in the last three minutes in the game, right? Is it turns into isolation basketball and your best players have the ball. That's yeah. just how it is. But with the Dallas Mavericks, that's how the end of every quarter ends. Mm-hmm. Right. And it turns into this Luca, like I said, the the slog fest, if you will, with him just running isolation sets, back down, back down, back down. Tries to get a call. Try, that's all he's doing. He, he's not trying to necessarily score. He's trying to fish for a call. Uh, and when he doesn't get it, like you said, one, it doesn't help his team in in the fact that they didn't score on that possession. And two, it takes everybody out of rhythm in that game. So when they have an opportunity to potentially contribute, they're not necessarily going to be as effective as they were when that ball was popping around earlier in the game. They're finding wide open three-pointers. It's just the nature of the beast. Now, the advantage that that the Dallas Mavericks have are the same advantages that the Phoenix Suns have moving forward in that in those last three minutes, they have two people you can absolutely rely on. The difference between Dallas and Phoenix is the play styles of those players. Devin Booker and Kevin Durant, they're the same player except one six foot eleven and can rise above everybody else. Whereas Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic are very, very different players. And that's the trouble that Dallas is having currently is trying to have some semblance of an identity in those last three minutes because either you're going to go into slog fest, back down, back down, back down for 24 seconds, or you're going to have a magician with the ball on the string on the other side and you have to be ready to shoot. And if you're the if you're Reggie Bullock on this team, what are you doing? You're standing in the corner the whole time watching one thing and when you see Luka Doncic doing the back down shit, you're not ready for the ball. But when Kyrie's coming around, you might have to be ready. And it's, it's it affects the entire team, not yeah. just them. No, I love that take because it is true. It's like, well, Kyrie has a sweet to adjust to him. But then Luka's just basically stand there and hit your shots. If you're a Powell, you roll with him. You might get the alley-oop. You might get like the little dish off. But mostly it's like these guys have to prepare for both guys. I mm-hmm. love that take because <laughs> Booker and Aiden are at Aiden. Whoops. Uh, a little too early for that one. Booker and Katie. slip. Yeah, Booker and Katie are just, <laughs> are just they're they are the same, but I love the fact that you know what they can find ways to really get their teammates involved in different ways, mm-hmm. and it makes it more. Uh, maybe they have a little bit more time when they have a little bit more time with this team. I think you can see um, Aiden and CP3 kind of step up in different ways. So I'm excited to see that in the future. Well, and also they did step up because they're going to be the primary beneficiaries. Right, like you look at the fourth quarter, and let's go ahead and give him the drop. The point so Chris Paul in this game, obviously not a, a monster game in any way, shape, or form. He ends with a total of 11 points on four of nine shooting, two of six from beyond the arc, had seven assists. But of those 11 points, eight of them came in the fourth quarter where he was three of five, including two of three from beyond the arc. So as... The opposition, as you mentioned it, Dallas is running around trying to stop KD and front KD 
and and stop the dribble handoff with Devin Booker. And Chris Paul's the guy who's going to be wide open. And as long as he can knock down those shots, that's a beautiful thing. When he misses a couple of those and we lose a game, we'll probably have a different point of view. But is there any concern to you on how little CP3 has been involved since the arrival of Kevin Durant? No, I mean, it's the ego that we had to worry about, right? And I kind of I see like it's taking a step back when Katie's bringing the ball up the last three or four possessions, which is just awesome. You're watching Kevin yeah. Durant in his son's uniform, the worst one still. Still, bring yeah. It, bring it oh, up. Just stop he's wearing in the white. Those. He's in the stupid white uniform. Two out of the I first four things. games. Where are the black ones at? Those are the mm-hmm. ones I want to see. Um, I don't know why we care so much, but when he's bringing the ball up as a son and he's just getting to his spots and doing whatever he wants and hitting the game-winning shot, you realize like Chris Paul defers, but Chris Paul's the third guy. There's a there's a position a possession towards the end of the game in the last five minutes where you have KD passing off the book, and then to the to the right, Chris Paul sitting there wide open for three. Like how many times is that gonna happen? I know I talked about the Mavericks being too tired to kind of get over there and cover them, but when you have Booker and KD who can hit the game winning shots. Chris Paul's taking a step back, but he's going to get those open shots and he just has to knock them down. Like I said, he's a Jason kid right now yes. of the Suns back when they won the championship with the Mavericks. And then Chris Paul's open for three and he walks back down talking to Jason kid. He's like, what the, like they're leaving me wide open. So has to cover me. They're both laughing about it. He's like, Hey, I'm you. You're me. It's like the they're Spider-Man forget about him. Yeah. <laughs> and then you also have ish too. You know what I mean? So it's nice to have those little rolls of the ball where it's going to go from one wide open guy to another wide open guy. And usually it's going to be Chris Paul wide open from three. Well, and that's what's interesting is as when this game first started, you saw the effectiveness of these this offense, right? They come out, they they're 31 points in the first quarter to Dallas is 25. Uh, outside of the second quarter, they outscored them in every other quarter, right? 31 to 25 in this in the first, 37, 33, 34, 31. And then the second, they were outscored 37, 28. Uh, and that's, again, the the period in which Tim Hardaway just went bonkers. Uh, so you see that at the at the uh, the start of the game and you see it at the end of the game and you can see what a nightmare it is for teams. As I as I noted in the subreddit stakeout, as I was watching Dallas fans sit there and just operate with as much hypocrisy as Luka Doncic does, where literally Luka Doncic is like bulldozing guys. And they're like, oh, it's a foul on Luka. Then Luka will get called for a foul when uh, or when Reggie Bullock at the end of the game when Devin Booker backed him down three times and then put it up they're like that's a foul on that, that's an offensive foul it's like have yeah, you been I know. watching Luka Doncic the entire fucking game <laughs> like it's okay yeah. to to admit it's like dude we got away with one there you know or yeah. Josh Okogie stepping out of bounds quote unquote in the first quarter and it, they show the replay and even Hubie Brown's like yeah, it doesn't it looks like he stepped out it's like wow Hubie you need to get uh, those those spectacles <laughs> checked and that leads to five quick Love points it. for Dallas but the the challenge that that op, the the opposing teams are going to have is Chris Paul is still a clutch player. Good, bad, or different. You leave him that wide open, he's still a clutch player. And he had a couple threes, and he navigated into the lane and got that midi, and it was just great to see how he is playing. And again, I'm not concerned in any way, shape, or form with the lack of involvement that he has with this team. I said on the last podcast, I'll continue to say it. He gets to walk the ball up court when he gets an opportunity to do so, because now Kevin Durant and Devin Booker are doing a little bit more. And as he's bringing the ball up court, he's got Kevin, he's got Kevin Durant, and he's got Devin Booker to play with. And he's going to play with that, and he's going to defer, 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 as well he should. And in his deferment, he's going to find himself wide the fuck open. 
Man, if he can just play the fourth quarter now, like Chris Paul in the fourth, just come in, hit those big shots. Um, but I think he kind of he played some better defense in the second half too. I mean, defense was suspect and a little bit in the first quarter. It was just kind of like, dude, if they're rolling on him, it's it's over for Chris Paul. But he kind of held his own in the fourth quarter, and he did a better job on Luka Doncic poking the ball away, using his yeah. body. Um, so that was in the first half. I was kind of like, oh, dude, this is gonna suck because he's a complete zero. But he picked it up, and I think he can still be a decent defender. That's the one thing to look out for because if he's a zero offensively and he's just not knocking down his threes or his mid-range shot, then it's just there's nothing else he can do. So defensively, I'm glad he's still there a little bit. A hundred percent. And again, the cerebralness that he brings to the game is something that will continue to always be valuable. It's the little things. He's talked about it on the Old Man of the Three podcast with J.J. Redick about how important it is taking the ball out from specific sides of the court and studying yeah position and knowing where their weaknesses are relative to that those things will always be beneficial to the Suns. again anyone who is freaking out because chris paul isn't overly engaged in this offense just appreciate the fact that he doesn't need to be anymore because again come come the postseason we don't know if he necessarily carry us now there is another player who needs probably a little bit more engagement watch so DeAndre Ayton in this game ends with a total of nine points. He has 16 rebounds, four of six from the field. That's it. Four of six, the five personal fouls, had one block, had one steal as well. I'll ask you the same question that I asked about Chris Paul. Is there any concern about how little DeAndre Ayton is currently involved in this offense? Um, the only concern I have is, I mean, the last few years with Ayton, we always talked about, you need to do this, you need to do this with him. Like, get him the ball in the situation. Uh, he needs to do this offensively, da, 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 back and forth, back and forth. But we always, I always talked about, like, well, it might take him until next season to figure those things out. I think figuring out this offense with Kevin Durant and Booker might seem easy. But for Aiden, it's just it's very uh, it's very hard for him to keep up in certain situations. I know in the first he was three for four, easy mm -hmm. shit towards the basket. KD mm -hmm. made sure that he was involved early, which was fun to watch. Um, a lot of other things that he's doing out there offensively was kind of like, I don't know, he was kind of a zero, but also just grabbing those boards was big. Offensively though, when you're trying to like kind of play iso ball like they were doing, it ain't just kind of out there. It's not really his fault, right? But the only time like I would want him to actually have his hands on the ball is probably just trying to get them second looks at the basket, like trying to get in there like Jock does, where Jock gives everybody a second chance. If he can play more like that, more physical, and that's stupid to say, then he'd be more of, of a valuable asset for the Suns going into the, into the postseason. But right now it's just it's him working his way. Chris Paul's kind of figured out to take a step back, even mm -hmm. though at times it's kind of like just hit your shots. It's And if you're not, then we kind of are pissed off. Aiden's the same way, but it's just Aiden has to know what to do more on the offense with these guys. And I think he'll get there. It just is not going to look good. If he's here next season, it'll look better if they have a whole offseason to work together. I like what uh, John Paul Edward DeDio says in the chat. And again, thank you for everyone who's hanging out in the chat. Hit the yeah, thumbs up while you're, while you're Happy chilling Sunday, here. Huh? Happy Sunday. He says defense, defense and rebound is his role. That's kind of where we're at with him. And he's going to get himself most likely more integrated into this offense. But, you know, again, I think that, as you mentioned, the first quarter, he was fantastic. DA was uh, getting himself open. KD was finding him. It was almost like KD showed DeAndre Ayton in the last game what he was what he was doing with Jock Landell. He's like, all right, buddy, you're next, right? Yeah. And I, was, I, I really like that they focused on getting him the ball. And then in true Monty Williams fashion, and although I, I complimented Monty a little bit earlier on his coaching, 
I think that the game just kind of got away from him and they they stopped calling sets designed for DeAndre Ayton. And it's unfortunate because this team has no interior depth, right? They had no Maxi Kleba in this game. They have Davis Bertans, who doesn't play at all. Uh, they got JaVale McGee, who doesn't play at all. So it was Dwight Powell on an island. And we've played against Dwight Powell, and we know that he's somebody who can get foul trouble real easily. So I feel like during the doldrums of this game, there was an opportunity for the Phoenix Suns to engage DeAndre Ayton down on the block, maybe have him try to be a little bit more aggressive offensively in, in hopes that you could probably put Dwight Powell into foul trouble. But I think that the flow of the game just dictated otherwise in this one. So again, I'm not concerned with this either because we still have X amount of games ahead of us where there will be more opportunity for DeAndre Ayton. There's a lot of good film that occurred today in a win for the Suns against a Western Conference opponent where they can sit and go, you know what? Here was an opportunity here. Here was an opportunity here. Because he they, they were doing switches. He was getting Tim Hardaway on him, and they just couldn't give him the fucking ball again. They finally tried to give him the ball, and Reggie mm-hmm. Bullock comes on the weak side and steals from him. I'm like, because it's because it's it's telegraphed. So it, it takes an hour for them. Hey, DeAndre, I'm going to throw you the ball. Are you ready for the ball? It's like, I've been ready for five seconds. Like, okay, I'm letting you know, yeah. and I'm every defender know that I'm throwing you the ball, and they steal it. Now, he he butterfingered it a couple times, but a lot of people butterfinger things a couple times. Get him the ball a little bit more, maybe he won't butterfinger as much. But it's only him, though. I mean, they they worked Jock. Jock was, with KD, was perfect. It's Aiden. It's Aiden because it's Aiden because he's not getting in the right spots, all right? He just isn't. I'm sorry. It's just, it's a thing where he needs to get more used to what this offense is trying to do. But if you're trying to get the ball, like even Monty talked about before, where Monty showed him on film, like, hey, we'll give you the ball right here, but someone's going to come over. And Booker did mm-hmm. do that, and they came over and stole it, and he should have thrown it earlier. But Booker's always been bad at that for some reason. So I don't know yeah. what it is. And it's something that we just have to forget about because it's nice to talk about Eden, right? And just talk about how he might be turning into an Andre Drummond. You know what I mean? He might just no, be that guy now. No. I'm just saying the He's rebounds. So much better. I know, but now now it's just like about rebounds and just, you know, playing more physical and stuff. But but then we talk about this and we're talking about him getting the ball in the post, but then we realize it's like it's KD's here. So it doesn't matter as much. Can you imagine having these talks going into the postseason, not having KD and just oh, being well, like, oh, we're doing the same shit? It will be completely different because, again, DeAndre Ayton would get a lot more shot attempts. And that's one thing that has definitely dwindled since the arrival of Kevin Durant is DeAndre Ayton's just number of touches. Yep. That'd be an interesting thing to take a look at is since his arrival, how many touches, where is it gone? And it's understandably so. This team is trying to figure out its perimeter and trying to understand – what it has in Kevin Durant and, and what his spaces are. And you want to make sure that if Kevin Durant likes going to the left elbow and taking a shot, which we've seen him do, you don't want DA just standing there, right? Like you got to find another space for him. And what DA's typically doing is he's finding himself on the, he'll, he'll set a pick and he'll go to the weak side in an effort to try to clear some space and take yeah. it as far away as possible. And we saw it in the first quarter, they did just that. The defender, uh, you know, kind of cheated, if you will, and was cheated towards going towards Kevin Durant and boom, DA's wide open. They stopped cheating in the second half. They were rotating the weak side defender, which ultimately was Ish Wainwright or Josh Akogi's defender, onto Kevin Durant and or Devin Booker. That's why Akogi and Wainwright found themselves so wide open. They're still not letting DA get open. And that's the respect that they have for him because they know that he is a, a solid finisher around the basket. And if he gets the ball wide open 15 feet away, he can hit that jumper at will. Yeah, he just needs to find the angles. He really does. And uh, to the person, Jan, Paul, Edward, Dio, five people right there, the Suns are still trying to gel. They are, but yes. DA just needs to find the angles. He needs to find because it's there. Things are there for him for sure. He just needs to find it. If they don't hit him, it's not his fault. The nice thing is they're gelling with victories. 
That's the fun Isn't that part. crazy? That's like, we're pulling fun. these games off. Like, it's yeah. just... Today, well, the first we two lost, blowouts. I'm like, yeah, it's all right. Yeah, but to the, the first two were blowouts, and this is the first time we had a chance to see the Suns in clutch time with Kevin mm-hmm. Durant. We'll talk about that after this ad from DraftKings. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hands with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt-in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game. And if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. I do this like every night. I go and I bet a three-legged parlay on a random NBA game, and if I don't win, I get a bet back. It's making money or losing it. Unless I win it. You know what I mean. Download the app now and sign up with code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions applied. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. So the Phoenix Suns, since the addition of Kevin Durant, are now 1-0. and in clutch time games. And this is something that we'll definitely keep note of moving forward because that was a big problem that this team had uh, this season. Entering entering tonight's game against the Dallas Mavericks. Here I go again. I'm, I'm going to continue to say tonight when it's actually today. Uh, entering today's game against the Dallas Mavericks, the Phoenix Suns were 12 and, or I'm sorry, 11 and 15 in clutch time games. And now, you know, tonight they they shot 60% from beyond the arc, 50% from the field, 100% from the free throw line, which you have to remember, this is a bad team when it comes to free throws in clutch time. They're second worst in the league. They're 68.3% prior to tonight in clutch time free throws, although they get to the line the second most. Uh, but they, they were a plus four in the clutch in this game, which obviously was the the spread, if you will, in this game. And it comes down to one guy, man. It comes down to the sheer fact that we have Kevin Durant on this team. Kevin Durant! Durant, 40 minutes played, his most as a member of the Phoenix Suns. He was 12 of 17 from the field, 3 of 5 from beyond the arc, 10 of 11 from the free throw line, had 7 rebounds, 3 assists, 37 points for KD, man. And, of course, he hit the dagger. He hit the, the game winner, if you will, with under a minute to go. He went to that left elbow, got on the block, and just hit a, just rose up above the competition and hit a jumper. And I got to say, I've watched Devin Booker make that same play for years and years and years. The confidence I had when Kevin Durant rose up was just like I, – I, I was at my house. I put up my hands like he was going to score a touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> dude i was i'm i'm still not used to kd being on this team i'm really not um the, the one shot before he made the game winner where he just like rode i forget who was defending him but he rode him all the way basically to the left side of the key and just rose up and hit that little one off the glass he was like at the at the half court mark and he just rode him all the way there dude like guys don't have a chance against him um it's awesome to watch i love how he started out six for six but he was mm-hmm. just getting fouled all the time. These guys were all over him. And finally, the yeah. rest. Yeah, Bullock was all up in his shorts. Yeah, dude, they were all just attacking him. So that's one thing we have to deal with is this guy is actually getting hit every time he's not even touching the ball. Anytime he's just trying to get open, these guys are all over him. How annoying that must be for Kevin Durant. I feel bad for the guy, but not really, actually. He is <laughs> no. so cool, though. I love watching his interviews. He did the one with the, the Phoenix Suns uh, staff where it was just like, 
take three things to an island what do you have like what would you take where you yeah. just like food water and my girl it's like oh, yeah you're so cute i'm so sorry <laughs> I, know he's seven foot two. I know he's seven foot two but like this guy is just awesome um I love that um, him and book, you know, they're figuring out, but book right now has like the 27 shots and the kitty has 17. So it's like, how the hell did he get almost 40 points in this game? And I'm like, is he going to get 50 point games going into the playoffs? Because he's going to have at least 24 shots, 24 to 27 per game eventually, because you can tell like how right now he's kind of working into different asset facets of his game where first two games didn't do too much getting to the rim. Now tonight you can see him working on things to get to the next level getting into the paint more. So having that to him for him to work on, he'll get to the line more and stuff. So oh, yeah. right now I'd say about 50% Durant. I know he'll never be 100% because he is hurt probably still a little bit. But right now he's about 50%. 50% Durant is just still amazing to watch. And I just go crazy. I said, God damn. God damn. That was me, me and my girls today hanging out, just doing cocaine, watching this game. Can you imagine watching this team on coke? Like, oh, my God, dude. It's just <laughs> Uh, it's it's just so fluid, man. I, <laughs> you beat me to it. I was gonna play that drop for I, him. <laughs> I, I tweeted about it, so I had to throw it out you, there. You did, but I'd already put it in my in my notes. So uh, I put effortless, effortless, goddamn. <laughs> Sorry, man. Just one word things to talk about Kevin Durant in this game. So in clutch time today, in those final five point three minutes that he played in clutch, he scored seven points, which led all Phoenix Suns scores. He was two or three from the field, including one and one from beyond the arc. Uh, he just, he had an assist. He had a rebound. I mean, he's Kevin fucking Durant. And when I watched the game and I'm sure many of the jamsters out there who were watching the Phoenix suns and love the Phoenix suns echoed what I was doing. I was giggling. I was like, Oh my God, he's so good. He's so good, Matthew. (laughs) He's so fucking good at basketball. It's unreal. Like, and, uh, Andrew Jiang in the chat says having KD on this team is like a cheat code. That's 100% correct. He's like a goddamn cheat code because when you need a basket, he was he was the killer in this one. And, and I'll go back a little bit to DeAndre. And one of the reasons why we didn't see a big DeAndre Ayton game because this team kept hitting fucking threes. So the Suns are like, okay, we're going to change our offense and we're going to try to uh, – we're going to have to ha- have run stoppers. And DA wasn't, isn't always necessarily a run stopper. KD is a run stopper. And he was stopping the opposition. He is. I love he that. is a hundred percent. He goes down there, and he had he has some fuck you in his game. I like when he kind of threw. Who did he throw to the side? Uh, Josh Green. That's right, Josh Green. He's like a poor, miniature uh, Cameron Johnson. I feel like, but go ahead. But <laughs> true, it's poor Josh Green had a guard Kevin Durant today, right? Poor Josh Green ended with a total of zero points and two field goal attempts because he was just so focused on trying to stop Kevin Durant today. And he just threw him aside one day because he on one play because it was like physical, physical, physical. Get the fuck out of here, dude. Yeah. And he got called from him. The look that KD gave to the ref, I was like, don't fear the Reaper. It was terrifying. <laughs> dude, it was. Kevin Durant, 40 minutes. Minutes restriction does not exist for Monty. I don't know if that's even a thing this game. It is a third game back. But 40 minutes. But I feel like even in the third, he didn't really touch the ball he didn't do Correct. anything in the third so he's playing Correct. like he's playing the 40 minutes but like kind of like chris paul where he's in the game but not really doing anything mm-hmm. he was i'm like give the ball to kevin durant like when we we're just struggling to even keep up with this team but he was taking a back seat and then he came in in the fourth i'm like gosh <laughs> <laughs> so going go, going through his minutes he played nine minutes and 31 seconds in the first but what was interesting about that is the way that monty substituted him out he substituted him out 
with about six minutes left in the quarter and then brought him in for the final three, which I thought were very vital because the Suns were up. KD leaves. The team gives up a run. It's tied like 25-25. KD comes back in. They go on a run uh, to end the quarter. The second quarter, Kevin Durant played eight minutes and 46 minutes or 46 seconds, I'm sorry, uh, 10 minutes in that third quarter, and he had 12 points in the third quarter, six of six from the free throw line, three of five from beyond the arc. Uh, and I was with you. I thought he really wasn't necessarily engaged in that one. God, he's That's crazy. what I'm saying. He sneaks up on you with those points. Yeah. And then he played the entire fourth, 12 minutes, three of four, nine points. But it's due to his efficiency. That's what it is with Kevin Durant. Yeah. Again, 12 of what? 12 of 17 from the field for 37 points. I mean, come on, man. That's efficient. Free throws. Shit. Free throws, man. It's amazing what happens when you get to the you line. missed one. Yeah. Fire him. Big Dick Booker. Kevin Durant's running mate, Big Dick Booker, also had 40 minutes in this game. He was 15 of 25 from the field, a little less efficient. Was one of three from beyond the arc, five of six from the free throw line. 36 points, 10 assists for Devin Booker. And it it's really fun for Devin Booker because he can walk around and kind of have that fuck you attitude now. Because he's got Kevin Durant you know, behind <laughs> yeah. him. Yeah, back <laughs> More of like Chris Paul. He's just like, Chris Paul's like being thrown around by Patrick Beverly. Dan Booker's like, yeah. oh man, I got DA. DA's there like blowing bubbles and chasing them at the same time. Yeah, he's like, all right, I'll meet you in the locker room. You guys got yeah. this one, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, but he, he had a little fuck you in his game. And obviously we saw it at the very end yeah. where Luka Doncic drives to the hole. Josh Akogi, he bolstered Josh Akogi, goes for a layup, misses the layup. Kevin Durant gets the game ending rebound. And then Devin Booker is yelling at the referee and pointing. And it looks like he was, you know, we know Devin Booker, Devin Booker. I, I forget who said it recently, but they said who they, they asked who talks the most shit in the game. They said Devin Booker because he just, he doesn't stop. And he's a, he, and he's a good shit talker. Right. And he's pointing and he's, he's yelling at the referee across the court about how that should have been a foul. He's saying something. He's saying something. Lucas says something real quick to him. And you know, I can guarantee you what Devin Booker said, he said, shut up, bitch. And then Luca got all in his feelings and started yeah, getting in his face, and then he said, tried to make yeah. out with him. Which is like, I know that Devin's recently <laughs> single, but come on, Luca, that was close. That was like nose and nose. Like, yeah, but it was perfect. Sometimes Eskimo it gets kind of awkward, but the way they were rubbing noses, it wasn't as it just seemed more manly. So I don't know. It just it was an okay way to go about it in a setting where you're just nationally televised. Yeah, right. In the, the way they handled court. it was perfect. Hubie Brown, love you, but he was blaming Booker. But Booker was getting in his head. These two guys hate each other. I think when Aiden and, and Luca were drafted in the same draft class, you would think, oh, okay, rivalry. But it's Booker and Luca. They just hate each other. And uh, yes. it's on the court, maybe off the court. Who knows? Um, I don't know. But I love how Hubie did call Luca Jokic one time. Yeah. I, don't, I keep going to Hubie because I love him so much. And he called him Jokic. <laughs> but um, man, he, also, Booker, he also says that Devin Booker's six foot six. Every time he calls a game, he's like, Devin Booker, six foot six. It's like, yeah. no, he's not. I think it says he's six six, right? No, he's six five. Is he six five? Yeah, know. Um, get it right, Hubie. <laughs> uh, there was just times in the second quarter where he's trying to get his shot off. It just wasn't really working for Book in that game. Um, I think the way Book is, man, the longer the game goes on, the easier it is for him to just work everything out. I can get frustrated at times with his shots. Still think he's kind of a little bit more ball ball hogish. But I mean, I would rather just have those Booker tough shots and a lot of things that are going on the offense. Right now, there's a lot of ISO ball between him and Kevin Durant. Mm -hmm. You know, as much as I love it, um, having these guys on my team, 
Dragic to talk about when he was playing with the Brooklyn Nets, how they were kind of individualized over there. I hope that's not what's going on over here with Phoenix, but I don't think it is because I think they both share the ball very well. I think they know when to go off and when not to, when to share it with their teammates. They still got to figure that out because I think the bench and the units that are around them, it's just right now it's not going to stick the way it is. Once they figure that out, they'll have an easier time finding these guys that are open, getting to the rim, dishing it off. Um, just making the extra pass. Um, Booker's still in that way. We'll get better, I think. But right now, man, he's just killing it. I mean, he's putting up 30-point games like nothing. He's In the first quarter, he's almost hitting 25, 30 points. It always seems like first half, mm-hmm. I mean. So it's just it's it's unstoppable right now for anybody in the league to stop this team. Like you just you just can't you can't in the fourth quarter. It's gonna be impossible. It's tough. I mean, not, nothing's impossible, but it might be. Uh, what was I watching last night? When they, when they lose the series, yeah, then the, yeah. then it's yeah, possible. It's possible. When they lose and they. I was yeah. watching. Uh, I was watching Princess Bride last night. What is the guy? I love He's that like, movie. Uh, me too. It's so good. I was watching it. And he, what's the inconceivable yeah it's, it's inconceivable you know it might it might not be impossible but it might be inconceivable in, in the fourth quarter uh and, and again like you know we talk about some of the isolation ball and that's the name of the game in some aspects of the nba Devin booker also had 10 assists like he did he did get his team yeah. involved a, a plenty of point booker in this game you you take a look at it kevin durant and Devin booker combined for 73 points 13 assists and 12 rebounds in this game just unbelievable inconceivable it's just fantastic it was just so much fun to watch again Devin Booker's got some of that fuck you in his game and one of the things that some people are starting to to talk about out there and I want to get your thoughts on this they're saying that Devin Booker because you got to realize since Kevin Durant has been here Devin Booker went for 37 35 and now 36 he's averaging 36 points a game in three games with with Kevin Durant here (laughs) that's fucking fantastic uh is his name going to somehow, some way, make its make its way back into the MVP conversation? And should it? Booker? Yeah. No. Same reasons for Lucas dropped out. You just have that other guy. Not going to ever happen. If and he can games played, right? Huh? Games played. He's going to end the season, I think, around 52, 53 games played. Oh, yeah. that For that reason. No, I'm just talking yeah. about having the other superstar next year. I agree. It's, I it's agree. impossible for these guys. It's going to be one of those big guys that don't really have a whole lot around them. It's a combination of both. I think you're right. So those of you who are like, hey, Devin Booker, MVP type numbers, like he might have an MVP last 15, 16, 20 games of the season. But due to the sheer fact that you got Kevin Durant, who's going to be siphoning some of that, yeah, those points. I mean, again, KD, most points tonight and hit the game winner. And he also about, you know, when it comes to total games played. Now, the other question I have is obviously the sacred number for the Phoenix Suns that uh, only to me because no one else gives a shit. Yep. The 27.2, right? 27.2 is the franchise record for most points per game in a season held by Tom Chambers. Devin Booker with this game is over 27, I think 0.2 now. I'd have to look at the math on it. But do you give it to him this season knowing that he only plays 75% of the season? Does it, does it count? Yeah, it does. Yeah, it it does. counts on basketball reference. That's the right answer, man. Yeah, I, I think so. It definitely those counts. Are, yeah. <laughs> those are both the right you know, answers. Yep. No one really cares about individual awards anymore during the regular season, but that one's a big one. I think he, he but Kevin Durant does, he, well, he'll average like 29 points something. So, yeah, but, that's, but that doesn't count. Games. But hang his rap, hang his jersey in the rafter already. Already. Just put yeah, it up. Put there. it up I'm there, ready. dude. I'm ready for it. The Sun's Jam Session subreddit stakeout.
So I was kicking it in Dallas tonight, you know. <laughs> Evanescence, dude. <laughs> wake me up wake me up he's got to wake up. So i was on the i was on the subreddit for the opposing team the dallas mavericks i was i was hanging out in disguise just like this because i don't want them to know it's me huh. last thing i want to do is you don't be want recognized that. yeah so a few things that the dallas mavericks fans were saying well one was not even from a dallas mavericks fan it was from a warriors fan from a warriors fan all the best to your team and hope they destroy the suns why are Warriors fans going to Mavericks subreddits and giving them like a, a high five? Like, go get it, bro. That why, happens. Why are they doing that? That happens. Every fan comes in there. They're just oh, I'm just dropping by to say fuck the Suns. That's what they always do. But why the like? You know what know. it is? It's it's because the Warriors aren't scared of the Mavericks because they played in the Western Conference Finals last year. The Warriors wanted no smoke when it came to the Phoenix Suns. They were so happy the Dallas Mavericks beat the Suns. And they'll always continue to be homies. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we have a chance without Maxi Kleba just to have no size on defense at all. Uh, yeah. And then somebody said, part. I don't think we have much of a chance with Kleba either. LOL. Yeah, he's not really that big of a part. If, if if that's a statement that you have to make prior to a game, does your team suck? No, I like Kleba. I do. I think he's very good for that team. So I'm glad he's not playing. Okay. Not good uh, enough for a championship, but he's he makes a little bit of a difference. Fair, fair. I just was thinking before the game, I'm like, wow, Maxi Kleba is a big deal. But I mean, I guess the same goes when we're like, dude, put in Cameron Payne. Uh, something has to be done to whip Luca into legit shape. It's not cute anymore for him not to take his conditioning seriously. He's already a supreme talent. If he's fully committed, he'd be unstoppable instead of getting gassed after eight minutes of gameplay. Thoughts yeah. on the Doughboy chosen? Man, when you come here, you're an NBA superstar. I give it to Luca. I think it's hard to separate basketball between whatever else you get off the court. He's done a fine job. All right, he'll get better at it. They're young. These guys are fucking young, dude. I'm sorry. Same thing with Aiden. You know, he just he does this thing off court. It affects his game on the court. So we just have to deal with it till they get older and mature. Sorry, guys. Do you think that anybody? who's just now joining the podcast on the YouTube feed and sees me wearing this stupid wig and these sunglasses are like, what the fuck did I just tune into? I think they're turned on, you know, <laughs> I think they're turned on just a little well, bit, man. Well, don't turn off. Give us a like while you're here. Uh, the whole sun, uh, this, or I'm sorry, the sun's going to have to play their starters the whole game. Zero depth. Why does everybody think we have zero depth? Now, don't get me wrong. You take a look at some of the statistics in this game. The Phoenix Suns end with, let's see, 12, 17, 19, 22, 28 points from their bench. Okay. And and the Dallas Mavericks, 21, 38, 41, 43, 48. So we're outscored by 20 points off their bench. And again, Christian Wood had 17 points. And Tim Hardaway had 21. So they had two guys go crazy. And in fact... You know, they, they had so many people go crazy. And a shout out to Black Sunday in the chat. $10. Super chat. We appreciate it. He said, Mavs almost had 420 plus point scores and still lost the game. It's looking scary. So when everyone talks about the Suns' lack of depth, are they wrong? It's no. Okay. So we know these guys, right? We think that they have a chance to score some buckets. I think it's just about them figuring it out. 
they do what they need to. TJ Warren's not the TJ Warren we have right now. He's, no. he's a better player than this. But they do have like Tim Hardway and um, you know, uh, Wood coming off the bench. Those are good players coming off the bench. Those are good bench players. We just don't have that great. We rely too much on Payne, who's just so up and down. It's just hard yeah. to watch sometimes. So we don't have the reliable guy. But it's about at the end of the game having the two best players on the court, the best player to me. So I'm not too worried right now. Well, again, I think that it comes down to playing the hot hand, knowing that you do have some shooters, right? Terrence Ross can shoot. He just, he took one shot today. He got schooled on defense a couple times, and he was out of the game. Ishwin Wainwright can shoot. We saw that tonight. Um, TJ Warren can shoot, but again, it, it, did you see the statistic of the back end of the game? It's like the last time the Suns had two sc- scores over, I think, 35 points was Booker and TJ Warren back in like 2017. Yeah, that was Fabio that put that out there, I think. Yeah, that's crazy, yeah, isn't it? That's it's absolutely nuts. Absolutely nuts. Uh, continuing with the subreddit stakeout. Suns getting KD is so fucking lame, dude. <laughs> I say the same thing about you guys getting Kyrie. Shut up. Uh, retire <laughs> retire THJ's jersey. That's uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. Retire his jersey because obviously what he was doing. Can I get an, an obligatory fuck Chris Paul? Bald bitch. Uh, so, so <laughs> <laughs> Well, the first half flowed nicely. Glad to see the refs are taking over and will make this quarter last longer than the first half. Facts. That was like the longest third quarter of my life. Luca somehow making a 30-point game look ugly. Facts. Not a single person aside from Luca touched the ball in those last few minutes. You can always tell when the, the blown lead is coming. A football player has scored 12 points against us. <laughs> Ish. <laughs> Is that what they're talking about? Ish, right? Yes, because every every time you watch the national broadcast, I'm like, by the way, did you know that Ish Wainwright played football, Baylor? <laughs> and then the last yeah. comment I had, unreal, Lucas cost us the game despite his third best th- free throw performance. And then Ooh, that goes back to what we're talking to about. Some of that iso ball, man. Kills the game. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. Sunglasses got stuck in the hair. <laughs> it's a good look, man. Oh, let's see. What else, what else did I have in my notes? God, this is a fun win, man. Uh, is Luca Slovenian for cringe? No, it's Slovenian for he's a hoe. With his uh, face, the cringe he had, like every time they show just him cringing, when, when he starts. Yeah, but he's it's, always it's, hurt and he's always he's cringing. Always cringing. He's ugly like that, man. And he always is pissing and moaning. It's just a noise shit out of me, man. And again, like I can call the, the 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 kettle black or whatever. I've got Chris Paul on my team and Devin Booker. Like they complain too. But man, Luca, it's just constant. It's just so un, unwatchable. Um, why does ESPN keep showing Jason Kidd in the side box? That was annoying that was, during the first that was in the beginning. Why were they doing that? I, I don't know, but I think they got on Twitter and they're like, why are we doing this? He was mic'd up or something, but it's just but it's you couldn't hear him really. Care. Yeah, we don't no, care no what gives he's a saying. shit like, what Jason Kidd uh, has to say. Double screen, double screen coming. Cool. Reggie, you're by yourself. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. Wasted uh, time. ESPN interviewing CP3 walking out of the locker room to start the second <laughs> out half. Of Why? <laughs> they were both like out of breath. That reminded me of like WWE or WWF, like their interviews backstage where it's like behind the scenes. Like this yeah. is what it reminded me of. But then they're both out of breath by the time they make it out. It's just something different to make those pointless interviews even more pointless. But they're there's so some pointless. live action. Maybe someone will get hit in the head with something backstage. Who knows? They're, they're Run so into pointless. a door. And, and into a door. At some point, you expect. The Rock to come out, grab the mic, and just be like, "It doesn't matter." 
And then like, get out of here. Doesn't, it, it doesn't, doesn't matter, matter what they're saying. None of that shit. I didn't even hear what, the, what they were talking about. No, none. Um, what else do you have in your notes? Um, the only thing is Jock playing probably the best center in those position and possessions where it's just ISO ball giving second chances. I love yeah. him with those, with those guys when they play ISO. And I think um, the defense from Ross, ugh, like tough him and TJ have a hard time staying with the guys and the Mavericks knew that and they drew fouls. They got wide open shots from those guys. So that's going to be hard. Both those guys can make shots, but defensively they're just ugh, not hard to watch. Yeah. It's, it's going to be one of those things where when we hit the postseason, it'll be really interesting, real interesting to see how many minutes they get because they are a liability on defense. And the advantage you have is with Kevin Durant and Devin Booker having the ability to have one of those guys kind of always on the court and at least have that offense, you need somebody who can pr- provide some semblance of defense. Now, granted, they're brought in there to hit a couple threes during that time frame, right? Yeah. And they're just – they're not in the threes. They're not playing defense. So. Did um, they even shoot a three? <laughs> no. Uh, was... t- uh, Terrence Ross did. And it was mm-hmm. uh, it was not a good – There was just was bad minutes one. from both of them. Shout out to Cousin Will in the chat. He says, I'm pretty sure what – what book said to Luca was nice shot magic. That's what he said. And thank you cousin Will for that four ninety nine in the super chat. We really, thank you. Really appreciate it. Jam star of the game. All right, jamsters. This is your chance to let us know in the chat who your jam star of the game is. Uh, mine is Kevin Durant, Matthew, Kevin Durant, again, the 37 points, 12 of 17 from the field. Hit the dagger, seven points in the clutch. He's what we've been missing this year. Man, this was a fun watch with the Slim Reaper. Yeah, it's Kevin Durant, and that's not even full fully what to expect for him going forward. We're going to get even more from him, I feel like. And a uh, little side note of Ish. I feel like Ish's threes really Ish helped was- us. If you didn't hit those, this game would have probably been a loss. I'm not kidding. Like Suns had the hardest time closing that gap. He did it. And I give him a notable like little nod there. Second. You're getting a lot. You're getting a lot of love uh, in the chat, Coach Evan B. Thanks for hanging out, Ish Wainwright. Yeah, uh, Slim Reaper, BDB, and Ish, Katie, Devin, Kev from from David Ray, Sonia, one of our elite jamsters, Ish Strongman Wainwright. I mean, kind of down the line, and and you're right, Ish Wainwright. You know, I think he he deserves getting his drop tonight. Ish going down. I'm yelling, wait, right. You better move. You better dunk. Easily. The back where you're like, ish. Ish, yeah. Like a real rapper, dude, or whatever. (laughs) Easily the worst drop. And people were asking, where's the ish drop? There it is. They must have missed it before. And Fabio, and did you know Wainwright played football? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, next game for the Phoenix Suns, not till Wednesday, right? We don't play until Wednesday. Wednesday yeah, we're playing. Uh, I don't see a graphic. Who are we playing, Thunder. Matthew? Thunder. It should be there. Is it there? Click it. Let me see. Next game. See. Next game. Oh, well, there, oh it there it is. Next My game. Bad. Thunder. The Suns come home. Four game road trip is yeah. over. They are three and one on the on the road trip. Three and zero oh with Kevin Durant. Next up, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Not sure if SGA is playing yet. I know that he didn't play against us last time. I kind of feel like the Thunder are kind of taking a look at themselves and going, you know what? Uh, you know, we're, we're currently sitting at the 12th spot. 
We need to stop winning some of these games. So dumb, dude. So we might not get some SGA. But again, as we saw the last time we played this team, it is a tenacious team. It's a young team. It's a team that's learning to play together. It's a team that has confidence and a team that definitely doesn't go away. Are you excited for this one, Matthew? No, yeah, I'm excited. I think it'd be a nice, easy win. I'm kind of disappointed, though. Thunder, like, just play through it. Yeah. Like, just try to make the playoffs and see what happens, man. Like, remember the bubble. The Suns never made that that run they had. I don't know if they'd be in this position. 100%. Like, you just got to go for it. Stop trying to just tank. Like, nope. I just don't understand. They have such a good team right now, and they're going to get older and more experienced. SGA is just dominant. Like, just continue to play, man. SGA is back today. So, okay, big God. Okay, I want to watch. I was pissed last game. Yeah, I know Remember you were. I came on. You were grumpy. After, <laughs> I was so – because I'm just sick of watching this. I wasn't grumpy that – I was just annoyed with SGA not playing for no reason because it was a back-to-back. I want to see these guys play. It makes me frustrated. Well, he'll play. And the other thing – as I've seen some of the, the Suns fans comment in the chat about Kevin Durant playing 40 minutes tonight, they're off the next two nights. They don't play until Wednesday. So they got Monday night off. They got actually tonight off. Then they got Monday night off, Tuesday night off. And I think that's probably one of the factors, also given the fact that this was a high leverage game against Dallas, in which Monty Williams is like, dude, just go play. Yeah, Suns will be practicing. Just I'm going to hear about another practice, I feel like, oh, yeah. Tuesday or something, about two hours just going at it. Something Beating like that. the shit out of each other. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, in theory, it should be a, a solid win for the Phoenix Suns against the Oklahoma City Thunder on Wednesday. So make sure, Suns fans, you tune in then and catch that game. And then, obviously, the Suns Jam Session live after the game. We appreciate it. So until then, Matthew, you got any anything, any random thoughts you want to throw out there? Anything that's inconceivable? No. You know what? It's been a fun game, and uh, thanks for joining us. You know, we appreciate it takes a lot it. to come out here and watch us just look at us in the face for three or two. I wasn't three hours, two hours, one hour. It one seems hour? like it's been three hours almost. Well, it's because we watched the game. I sound like Tom Chambers up here sometimes, just rambling away, <laughs> just <laughs> sipping on your whiskey. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. in between takes, you're like, whatever you say, Tom, little yeah, Tom. Which I'm Tom just is drunk. This one? Yeah. So, again, thank you for hanging out with us. Make sure you follow the show at Suns Jam on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. You can check out our Redbubble page. we got some really fun, cool merchandise there. You can follow me at Darth Voida and read all my writing on brightsideofthesun.com. You can follow Matthew. We will see you on Wednesday, Jamster. So make it a great one. Yeah, go on, love your family. MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. 
new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance please play responsibly for help visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor promotional not available in Washington DC